Well, howdy, folks. Welcome back to another episode of Real Talk with myself, Bailey Arredondo, coming at you live on this Monday afternoon. And what a weekend. A lot of events going on. We're getting in the midst of February. 2019 is in full force. No going back. Only looking forward. And hey, as those days goes by and life keeps on living, man, Bailey's thinking, man, Bailey's talking. So I'm excited to be back on the mic today. I have a pretty interesting, I think, topic to talk about today. I know it's been, you know, mostly, not primarily, but mostly sports related in this podcast. So I really want to take today and just kind of get off the books, don't really talk about sports, and talk about the Grammys. Man, I mean, I love music. My my father was a musician. My mom is a, a big Deadhead fan. So music has really been a pretty crucial part in my life and my upbringing and music I think really has a lot of similarities to sports to kind of politics to business that behind the work there's got to be a passion to it right when someone's singing a solo when someone's on a a crazy guitar solo or a drum solo or belting out insane vocals you really kind of want to feel that passion from within you know you want to feel that this is their moment to shine and really kind of show who they are as an artist so it's a great freedom of expression, it's creative, and I think with this advancement of technology, it's easier to make beats, it's easier to get out on social medias, to reach various, various listeners all across the globe, and it is really kind of a time where we kind of hone in and say, okay, with Spotify, with Apple Music, you know, whether you listen to music on YouTube, it's very personalized where you can kind of adapt yourself to musicians, you kind of pick and choose what you want to listen to rather than just hearing things and being like, oh, yeah, I, I, I kind of like that, or oh, no, it's not really my thing. You really have a, a freedom of choice to know what you want to listen to and what you know you want to put on, whether it's you know, you're getting up in the morning and you need something that's a little more fast-paced, that little more like dun, 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 kind of gets you going in the morning, or if you're you know in a workout and you need something that's just kind of yelling and screaming and pumping you up to get your pump in. It's available with all these platforms and musicians kind of popping up and everyone kind of trying to be a statement musician. There's really so much to choose from, which is great. I mean, it's nice because you can kind of, for me, it's easier because I can hone into, you know, my few rappers that I love, my few rockers, you know, my few maybe reggae kind of people that I like. And then you can kind of branch out and say, hey, maybe there's a new artist that you want to check out that has similarities, or you hear someone featured on a song that you like, you're like, yeah, maybe I'll kind of check out their kind of stuff. So there's really, to be honest, I think it's the accessibility that's really taken music to new heights. I mean, it's just so easy to access whatever music you want to listen to. So music is dope, all right? I listen to music every day. It is a crucial part of my life. And like I touched on before, my parents really instilling a music background in me. It's given me a good glimpse of where music kind of came from and the true power of instruments rather than technology and how you can kind of feel the vibe coming from a band or coming from instruments. I mean, think about it. Like our parents, like if you're my age, if you're about 22, 23 years old, like our parents back then, they weren't listening to, you know, the the Kanye's, the Travis Scott's, the Drake's, the Katy Perry's, the Taylor Swift's. I mean, these, these, our parents were like rockers, you know. Their vibe was going to concerts, to listening to loud, most of the time, kind of metal, you know, loud guitars, drums, killer vocals, you know, the whole package. 
And obviously, for some instances, you know, you go for the performance. Michael Jackson, he was a better dancer than he was an artist. I mean, he was a better dancer than he was a singer by far. That guy had moves like no other. And that's what I want you guys as my listeners to understand before I get into my frustration with the Grammys and how that whole selection process works is I can recognize and appreciate true music talent beyond the beats, beyond the beat making, beyond the technology behind it. I can separate the good musicians, the good artists, from the all-time greats, from the goats. Michael Jackson's a king of pop, forever. I'm sorry, but Bruno Mars doesn't even come close to who Michael Jackson really was, and that's just the truth. Elton John, I can appreciate his true craft and wizardry on the piano, but have you ever heard of Bernie Taupin? If you're shaking your head and thinking, I don't really, that's Elton John's weird younger brother? No, that guy pretty much wrote every Elton John song ever. I mean, he was his songwriter. Elton John had the on-stage talent, but Bernie Taupin had that insane talent for songwriting. I mean, he might not get a lot of the credit he deserves because it's Elton John on stage, but he had a lot to do with Elton John's success. And listen, I can even appreciate the pop sensations that we've seen in the past 10, 15 years. You know, the, the Lady Gagas, the Katy Perrys, the Adeles. I mean, Adele deserved every Grammy and award she got. I have not heard a white woman with that kind of vocal range, with that kind of just inner belting power than Adele. She is truly brilliant in what she does. Truly. So with all this being said and my music background and how I appreciate music, I got a problem with the Grammys. I mean, who votes for these things? Who is, what, what is the Grammys now? Seriously, it is becoming what the Pro Bowl is to the NFL. It's becoming a joke. If you were to Google search just any category that interests you in the Grammys, album of the year, songwriter of the year, rap song of the year, country artist of the year, whatever might interest you, if you were just to kind of look at the history of who has won and who has been nominated, I promise you, you're going to find a few years, and for me it was more than a few years, but you're going to find those years where your artist that you loved that year fell short. Your artist that you thought had a killer year, best album of the year, best song of the year, they maybe didn't even get nominated. They maybe weren't even on recognition. So I don't know what's up with the Grammys. I don't know if it's the committee. I don't know if it's just the Grammys being run as an organization, as an award show. I don't know who's in charge, but something's got to change because this is just getting ridiculous. And I really think that the only reason that it kind of makes me feel this way it makes me a little a little mad and it gets me kind of fired up is because isn't this supposed to be one of the highest music awards you can get isn't this supposed to be the cream of the crop when it comes to awards and recognition for what you have done as an artist in the music industry to me the grammys should be at the top they should be the best of the best so something's got to change now, there are so many categories and awards given out at the Grammys. I mean, I did the math and only 30%, around 30% of the total Grammy awards are televised and the other 
are given before the show goes live and are given earlier in that day. So I just really want to focus on a few of the main awards given because there's really only a handful of them that speak volume. So for time's sake, I'll talk about just two of probably the most important awards of the night, album of the year, song of the year. Before we talk about who was nominated, who won, and the nitty-gritties, let's talk about how songs, how artists get selected, who votes, and kind of that whole background process. You can find this on the Grammys website that there is about a five-step process to the nomination and selection. So the first one is submission. Next, it goes through screening, then nomination, then final voting, and then obviously the results. My first hesitation with this process is the submission process. Now, I understand, shoot your shot, if you're a Recording Academy member or if you are a record label guy and you want to submit your own work, I get it, you should be able to do that. It says on the website that the Grammys receive like over 20,000 entries per year, so a lot of people obviously want to enter. But for the Grammys, I mean, there's got to be like another way to be recognized in that way, right? In the Grammys, this should just be, like I said, the top of the top, the best of the best. There shouldn't even be a personal submission option. You should have to be invited to the Grammys. You should have to reach a certain number of sales or clicks or plays. If I was running the Grammys and I was at the helm, I would make it an invitation only. I would say, okay, here's our committee. We have to make these rules and regulations for us to give out invitations to artists and record labels and whoever we might feel deserves this award. Because with so many submissions, I feel like there just can be a lot lost in sight in search for these Grammy-nominated artists. There really can be. It's easy to lose focus with so much on the table, and it's easy to lose sight of who really is a Grammy-level artist. But I can move past that. I understand, like I said, shoot your shot. Why not submit it? However, the next process gets me, makes me think, makes me doubt this Grammy process. Because the next process is screening. And it says that a star panel of 150 experts in various fields receive each Grammy submission to make sure that it's eligible, meets the qualifications, and that it's been placed in the proper category Yada, yada, yada. Okay, slow down a second. 150 experts? Who are they? Expert in what? There's no credibility. There's no clear-cut, oh, I trust their voting. I trust their screening. No. Who are these people? I need names. Speaking from the public, how are we supposed to trust these people? Are 50 of them ex-country singers? Are 100 of them... Born in America? Are 20 of them Latin American? Are 50 of them women and the rest are men? Come on. I need to know. We need to know. But it is the Grammys, so I guess we just have to trust. Trust the process. <clears throat> That's what I think of the process. But let's move on. We'll be civil here. Nomination. That's what comes next. So all these experts in their expertise of field, whether they're professors or documentarians, they, they know these expert fields. 
And these people, they get first round ballots during this stage. So they make about five selections each category. Now the Grammys ensures us that the they vote, the experts vote, only in their areas of expertise, which can include up to as many as 20 categories. Okay. Here we go again. Who are these people? I mean, if we got rappers from the 80s, they're probably going to have a little bit of different view on the rap in the 2000s. If we got guys from the 60s and 70s voting, they're probably going to have a little bit of a hesitation with putting someone in in this era, right? Or am I wrong? I mean, how can we trust this process of voting if we don't even know who's voting? And it just keeps, keeps going. The next process is final voting where the voting members then receive final round ballots. Ooh. The finalists named by, quote-unquote, special nominating committees. Who are these people again? How can the Grammys not tell us who votes? I mean, that should just be common knowledge to the public, just so we can accredit it, so it can be backed up, so we can have some substance behind it. I mean, if the Grammys came out and said Aretha Franklin was a true advocate and a true voting member for all of Adele's Grammys, I would have been like, all right, game recognized game, real recognized real. But without that knowledge of knowing who these voting members are and with the results that I have seen through the top prestigious awards the Grammys has in the past few years, it is hard for me not to think that it is a flawed voting system. It's flawed. So there's really two categories that really get me in the Grammys that I think should be arguably the most important two categories and two categories where I feel the Grammys have just missed the mark in the past five to ten years. Really have. So the first one is Album of the Year. Now, if someone were to say to me before any nominations were thrown out at me, before any names were thrown at me, before I considered anything... When I think of album of the year, I think of this album is good front to back. Every single song matters. Every song. We're looking at the whole album as a whole. And what I would also take into consideration is where this album sits in that artist's career. Is it this their breakout album? Is it their sixth or seventh album? Have they not released an album in the past few years and this is kind of like a comeback album? I mean, I think really taking this album into effect of why is it released this year? Why is it now? What's the purpose of it now? So let's go back just five years and kind of run through the nominations for best album of the year and who won since 2014. So in 2014, Daft Punk won with their album Random Access Memories. And I understand why they won. I get it. Just because they had that hit with Pharrell, Get Lucky. And Pharrell was really featured on a lot of their songs and was kind of a techno, vibey, hip-hop. You can play it really at any social setting. I get understand it. I personally probably would have gave it to Good Kid Mad City by Kendrick Lamar just because I think what he did as a rapper in that time was really beyond his years. I mean, those songs on there were bangers. Those songs were for real. But hey, I don't agree with Daft Punk winning it, but I understand why they might have won it over Kendrick Lamar 
over Taylor Swift, over Macklemore that year. Moving along to 2015, Beck won Album of the Year for Morning Phase. Beck? Who's that? The other nominations were Beyonce for her album Beyonce, Ed Sheeran for X, Pharrell Williams for Girl, and Sam Smith for In the Lonely Hour. Now, I'll give credit when credit is due, but I am shocked that Ed Sheeran didn't win Album of the Year that year for X. I mean, for real, 100%. He should have won. That was his second studio album. It peaked at number one in 15 different countries. It was 11 times platinum in the UK and four times platinum in the United States. Over 2 and 3 million sales in both of those countries. This was a worldwide success. A hit. Ed Sheeran, with his soft, raspy kind of voice, really, really put up numbers that year. And it's just a shame that he wasn't recognized at the Grammy level. Ashamed. Moving along next, in 2016, Taylor Swift won Album of the Year for her album 1989, which, of course, makes sense. I credit Taylor Swift for being the phenom she is, and I really think in that year there wasn't really too much of a playing field. There wasn't too much competition. Other nominations included Alabama Shakes, Chris Stapleton, The Weeknd. I understand Taylor Swift. That was her year to take it. 2017, Adele won with her album, 25, and like I said earlier in the show, Adele's insane. I mean, I have just not heard a vocalist of her stature, of her build, just be able to belt the notes, the lyrics, the way she does. I mean, she really has just a brilliant, brilliant voice. So Adele beat out Beyonce for her album, Lemonade, Bieber's Purpose, Drake for Views, and Sturgill Simpson for A Sailor's Guide to Earth. And I don't know who Sturgill Simpson is, but is that really a crazy, crazy good album? I mean, I, I just really feel like there could be better nominations. There could be more juice, more excitement. I mean, come on. Get some big names in there to go alongside that. I mean, read down that list. You got Beyonce, Bieber, Drake, Adele, and Sturgill Simpson. Come on. Last year's Album of the Year winner, Bruno Mars, won for 24K Magic. And to be honest, I really feel that was a better song than an album, if that makes sense. Like I said, I need an album that's front to back. We only ever heard on the radio, in clubs, on TV, we really only heard the song 24K Magic. We never really heard any other song in the album. So I feel that that song really just overpowered that category and led Bruno Mars to album of the year. That's just my personal feeling. So that brings me to this year. Sunday night selection of album of the year. It went to Casey Moosegraves. And I mean no disrespect to Casey Moosegraves and her fans out there. But I, I promise you, I really didn't know who this girl was until last night. And that's just straight up honesty. But this is what I mean when I was saying earlier, who's voting for these things? I mean, is it just me that I'm behind at the times that country music is dominating American music? That country music and Casey Moosegraves is just 
a must listen to, if that's the case, then it's my bad. I'll admit it. I'm at fault. I got to start putting on Casey Moodgraves in the morning. I don't know. I got to switch up something in my life, obviously, if that's the case. But I feel deep down that I have a strong point by saying it is riveting and blasphemous that Travis Scott's Astroworld wasn't even nominated for Album of the Year. I mean, come on, give me a break. Wasn't even nominated? Do these people even listen to Astroworld? And hear me out, I don't even know if Astroworld is Travis Scott's best album. I'm, I'm a believer that Birds in the Trap, that's a hard argument for Travis' best album. That's a, that's a hard argument. But Astroworld, front to back, is better than any album nominated in this year's Grammy nominations for Album of the Year. I, I believe that, I know that, and that is why I'm hopping on the mic today, because... How can that not even be a nomination? Billboard.com came out with an article in early January describing the album chart years and what's credited each album to get this certain amount of chart numbers and yada, yada, yada. And it literally said Astroworld, which spent its first two weeks at number one, has yet to depart the top 10 in its 17 weeks on the list. Is that not national relevance? Is that not clear-cut numbers saying, you know, I think people might like this. I think people might like this album. I mean, come on, people. Casey Musgraves only has won one award in the Country Music Award Show. One. In, in her own category. Has won one in 2014. And now she's winning Album of the Year. I just, I can't believe it. It, it. it blows my mind. I mean, it really makes me think of, is it me? Or is it the Grammys, right? I mean, it, this, to be honest, I could be all wrong with this. I could be all mixed up. I could be, just be wrong. But having Astroworld not even be a nomination, that's where I just draw the line. And I'm, I'm, I just can't even believe it. That's where I'm just thinking, what is the Grammys? Why is this, why is this happening? And that's why I question who these voters are, who is making these decisions, because something's got to be not right. There's something up. There's got to be a better way for these nominations and winners to be made. There's got to be a better way. That's all I'm saying. But I'm curious to find out if it's just me. Like I said earlier, I don't know if it's me. It could just be me. So leave a comment, subscribe, talk to me a little bit, and really tell me what you think would be a good process for the Grammys I mean, who knows? Do you think it's flawed? Maybe it's just the way I'm thinking about it. Maybe it's just the way I'm approaching it. I want to hear from you guys because I'm curious. I'm curious to know because I know I'm not the only one with Real Talk.